This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. Thanks, Jim and Debbie, for those beautiful songs. Welcome to this worship service, good neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Debbie Tag and Jim Haugerud, our musicians. Thanks to Isaac, our recording engineer. Appreciate his keeping us on track and putting this recording together, and many, many thanks to each of you who are listening today. You can listen to each weekly service live at 8 a.m. on WPCA Radio at 93.1 FM or live on their website at wpcaradio.org each Sunday morning. You can also listen anytime through our podcast, available on your smartphone via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, which is nuicparish.org. 
I encourage you to subscribe and listen to our services whenever you get the chance and to our new services which download each Sunday morning. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, or through our website, which again is nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Merle and Sue Berggren, and we want to thank the Berggrens for their generosity. I don't have any additional announcements at this time, and so we'll continue then with our service. Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Even though we aren't all together in a church today, we are gathered in Jesus' name, and he is present with each of us, wherever we might be today. His presence with us is a gift we celebrate and proclaim as we worship together today. We're in the season of Advent. As you participate in our worship service today, you may want to have a blue cloth to lay before you, a candle, a cross, and a Bible to follow along with our Bible readings for today. I'd like to continue then, before we do our confession of sins, with the uh, uh, Advent uh, wreath prayer. And we've been lighting the candles of the Advent wreath on our Sundays, and this coming Sunday is the fourth Sunday in Advent. And so we'll be lighting then the fourth uh, candle in the Advent wreath. Would you pray with me, please? We praise you, O God, for this wheel of time that marks our days of preparation for Christ's advent. As we light the candles on this wreath, open our eyes to see your presence in the lowly ones of this earth. Enlighten us with your grace that we may sing of your advent among us in the word made flesh. Grant this through Christ our Lord, whose coming is certain and whose day draws near. Amen. We continue then with our confession and forgiveness. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who alone does wonders, who lifts up the lowly and who fills the hungry with good things. Amen. Let us confess our sin, trusting in the tender mercy of our God. God, for whom we wait, in the presence of one another, we confess our sin before you. We fail in believing that your good news is for us. We falter in our call to tend your creation. We find our sense of self in material wealth. We fear those different than ourselves. We forget that we are your children and turn away from your love. Forgive us, blessed one, and assure us again of your saving grace. Amen. Hear then this absolution. God in Christ has looked with favor upon you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, your sins are all forgiven. You are children of the Most High, inheritors of the eternal promise, and recipients of divine mercy. God strengthens you anew to follow the way of peace. Amen. I'll invite Jim and Debbie to come again and do our gathering songs. Jesus, our brother, kind and good, was humbly born. 
Jesus, our brother, kind and good. I set the donkey shaggy and brown. I carried his mother uphill and down. I carried her safely to Bethlehem town. I set the donkey shaggy and brown. The cow, all white and red. I gave him my manger for his bed. I gave him my hay to pillow his head. I said, The cow, all white and red. I said, The sheep with I gave him my wool for his blanket warm. He wore my coat on Christmas morn. I set the sheep with curly horn. I set the dove from rafters high. I cooed him to sleep so he would not cry. We cooed him to sleep, my mate and I. I set the dog from rafter high. Thus every beast by some good spell in the stable dark was glad to tell of the gift he gave Emmanuel. Of the gift he gave Emmanuel Away in a manger No crib for a bed The Lay down his sweet head The stars in the sky Looked down where he lay The little Lord Jesus Asleep on the hay The cattle are lowing The baby awakes But little Jesus, no crying he makes. I love thee, Lord Jesus, look down from the sky and stay by my cradle till morning is nigh. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay. Close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and feed us for heaven to live with thee there. Oh.
Thanks, Jim and Debbie, for those beautiful songs. We're doing our service a little differently tonight because next Sunday at Trinity is the Jam, Jesus and Me Christmas program. We have no children's message tonight, but that reminds me that uh, for Neighbors United in Christ Parish, our Christmas Eve service, December 24th, is at 5 o'clock at Deronda Lutheran Church, and our Christmas Day service is at 9.30 a.m. at Little Falls Lutheran Church, and there is no church on Sunday, December 26th. I have four lessons that I'm reading for the message tonight, and I'm jumping the gun a little bit here. The message that I'm going to share is really a Christmas message more than an Advent message. The first lesson is from Isaiah uh, 53, and I'm reading the whole chapter. Who has believed what we have heard, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned each to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By a perversion of justice he was taken away. Who could have imagined his future? For he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and his tomb with the rich, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain. When you make his life an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring and shall prolong his days. Through him the will of the Lord shall prosper. Out of his anguish he shall see light. He shall find satisfaction through his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous, and he shall bear the iniquities. Therefore I will allot him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered among the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Here ends the first lesson. The psalm text is Psalm 32, verses 1 through 6. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. 
Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer a prayer to you. Here ends the psalm text. The New Testament lesson is from Paul's letter to the Romans, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here ends the New Testament lesson. Finally, the Gospel text, just a single verse taken out of the Christmas story. This is the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite Debbie and Jim to come and sing another song for us. Come thou long
Dear friends in Christ, in a single verse, the gospel lesson that I read from Luke, this is the Christmas story. Oh, it leaves out the shepherds and the angels and the wise men. It even leaves out Joseph. But this is what Christmas is all about. Now our manger scenes, our creches, are meant to reflect somehow the truth of this single verse. If you have a manger scene, a creche at your house, I'd like you to take a long, careful look at it. And I'm thinking now of one of my favorite manger scenes that was put up every year at the place that I used to work. And as I think back on that, this is what I remember. There were so many wonderful details. A well with a bucket, a variety of artifacts one might expect to find in a carefully supplied manger in first century Bethlehem, a nice assortment of animals all looking properly contented, and the shepherds and wise men and Joseph, even an angel, that show up elsewhere in the story, just not in that one verse that I read. And of course, there's Mary and the baby Jesus, the stars of the show. So I think back on that manger scene, it is a very special creche or manger scene. There's just one problem, and that is it is way too calm, way too pretty, way too sanitized to be real. And if there is one startling, amazing thing about this single verse, it is this. Jesus is real. Born out in the backyard of some anonymous Bethlehem inn, in the midst of filth, the smell and squalor of impoverished people and crowded animals, in order for this scene to be real, they'd have to add the smell of manure, the animals would need to be noisy, and the people would have to be frantic, perhaps even a little bit crude. Well, who in the world would want a manger scene like that in their house? And what if I suggested to our churches in the NUIC parish that we kind of mess up the creches and manger scenes that we have displayed in the three churches to make them a little more realistic? What if we made them a little smellier and a little messier and the characters all looking a little wild and disreputable? If I did that, I suspect I'd be in some trouble with someone or other. But who really cares if we putty things up a little bit, if we sanitize our manger scenes a little, if we make them a little less realistic? Why, I care. Why? Why is this so important? Let me try to get to that in a roundabout way. We owned a rental house for a while in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we lived. One of the interesting things about that experience were our neighbors, on the left and on the right and immediately behind us. From the backyard of our rental, I could look over the fences and see into each of their backyards. And what I saw was quite amazing to me. Amazing because their front yards were okay or even very neatly kept. But oh, the backyards were very different. Backyards where all the junk is hidden away. I remember peeking over one fence and then the other and then the other. In one of the yards, there was a variety of old appliances scattered around in a rough circle of sorts. 
sort of like Stonehenge, only with dishwashers and ovens and refrigerators instead of rocks. I wondered if they were saving these old appliances for some reason, maybe thinking they would repair them one day. Given the amount of rust on most of them, and the fact that a couple of them had bushes growing out of them, that seemed unlikely. Perhaps, as the bushes suggested, they were intended to be planters of sorts. Or more likely, they just hadn't quite gotten around to hauling them off to the dump yet. Looking over another fence, the scene was reminiscent of an old-time corner garage. Four cars, none of them made in the last decade, sat in some stage of disassembly. I don't know if they were being used for parts for cars that actually ran, but I was pretty sure these cars would never take anyone anywhere again. How did I know? Two had no engines, and two had no tires. I don't even think that if somehow you could take all of the usable parts off all four cars and put them all together, you could get even one car that actually ran. Finally, in the third yard, it was an informal dog park. The owners of the home had three dogs of their own, but apparently they had family and friends who brought their dogs over to play, so that sometimes there'd be up to nine or ten dogs running and barking and generally creating a bit of canine chaos. Because there were bones scattered around the yard, I did wonder idly if someone had been buried in the backyard and the dogs had dug them up. But on closer inspection, I could see that these were bones from a large animal that had likely come from the local butcher shop. Well, I want to say in a real way, people's lives are often like those backyards. That is, there's a hidden place where all the junk is stashed, where all the secrets are hidden. I grew up really very naive in a loving home. No drinking, no cussing, a little preaching, a lot of praying, and a whole lot of love. And I can remember vividly one incident that alerted me to this idea of the backyard of people's lives. Suppose I was in the seventh grade, and I had a friend at that time, Jimmy, who was not what my parents referred to as a church friend, meaning someone who went to our church, Faith Lutheran in Anaheim, California. I'd met Jimmy at school, and he was like no one I'd ever hung out with. My parents were torn, as parents often are, between wanting to keep me from what they perceived to be Jimmy's potential negative influence on me, and on the other hand, thinking that maybe I, along with my family, could have a good influence on Jimmy. Well, in seventh grade, Jimmy was the first friend I ever had who smoked. And for such a sheltered boy as myself, did a variety of other things that seemed quite interesting at the time. Remember one day we were at Jimmy's house and we snuck into his parents' bedroom. Jimmy showed me where his stepdad hid his Playboy magazines. We took one and went into Jimmy's room and closed the door. I have to say that for a Boy who grew up with only one brother, that was a real education for me, although not the kind my parents probably envisioned. Well, just as we were looking the magazine over, Jimmy's stepdad came barging into the bedroom. He was a big, burly, unshaven brute of a man who didn't even bother to look at me. He had a belt in his hand. He swore at Jimmy, who cowered on the bed, he pinned Jimmy against the wall, flipped him over, 
and used the belt on the seat of his pants. Swearing again at Jimmy, he took the magazine and left the room, still not looking at me. Jimmy wept and in between sobs cursed his stepfather in return. I felt a mixture of feelings, fear, sadness, pain, shock. I'd never witnessed such a thing and I recoiled physically and emotionally. It was the beginning of the end of my relationship with Jimmy. Upset and unsure, I found the easiest way to deal with him was simply to leave. I really reacted to the difference between the two of us, at least in my naive perception, the sin, the brokenness, the messiness of his life. Although I didn't know it then, this incident really is at the heart of the reason why the real Christmas, the squalid, messy manger where Jesus was born, is such really, really good news for everyone whose backyard is cluttered and whose pretty public lives hide a somewhat darker reality. Somehow I think that we may all fit into that category in one way or another. You see, Jesus was born in a backyard for a reason. Jesus was born in the filth and the smell and squalor for a reason. Jesus was born to poor parents in rather desperate circumstances for a reason. Indeed, it is the reason for the season. For he came and he still comes for you and for me and for all the Jimmies in the world. Which is simply to say to you and me this Christmas season, that we do not have to have it all together to find the peace that the Christ child offers. We do not have to bake dozens of cookies and decorate our homes with thousands of lights to find the light of the world the Christ child offers. We do not have to pay all the bills and make all of our family and friends happy with the perfect gift to find the one true gift the Christ child offers. No, no indeed, for waiting for each of us there in the manger is the Christ child who is all of God's eternal, unconditional love, love for you and for me, people whose backyards are full of junk, whose lives are haunted by shadows and secrets as often as not. And when we come in all our brokenness and sin, he will not recoil, he will not shy away, he will not turn from our darkness. No, he will not leave us. The good news of Christmas, Mary's child born in some anonymous and squalid manger is that in him we find and will always find Emmanuel, God with us, and incredibly, God for us. Listen to this lovely little poem by Madeline Lingle called First Coming. In a real way, it reflects those first three readings that I did from Isaiah and the Psalm text and from Romans. He did not wait till the world was ready, till men and nations were at peace. He came when the heavens were unsteady and prisoners cried out for release. He did not wait for the perfect time. He came when the need was deep and great. He dined with sinners in all their grime, turned water into wine. He did not wait till hearts were pure. In joy he came to a tarnished world of sin and doubt. To a world like ours of anguish, shame, he came, and his light would not go out. He came to a world which did not mesh, to heal its tangles, shield its scorn. 
In the mystery of the word made flesh, the maker of the stars was born. We cannot wait till the world is sane to raise our songs with joyful voice. For to share our grief, to touch our pain, he came with love. Rejoice, rejoice. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, we praise you for this incredible gift of your Son, our Savior, Jesus, born in that messy, smelly, squalid little manger so very long ago, born to come and be part of each of our broken, sinful lives. Jesus, this Christmas time, in the midst of all of the busyness and business of Christmas, all of the other stuff we have going on, by the power of your Holy Spirit, tug at our hearts and remind us that as a little baby you came to be part of our broken lives. And because of your love, you bring healing and hope to each one of us. Jesus, we pray it in your precious name. Amen. I'll invite Debbie and Jim to come again and share a song with us. Come, they told me, A newborn king to see, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. Our finest gifts we bring, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. To lay before the king, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum, rum-pa-pum-pum, Smiled at me, but
Thanks again, Debbie and Jim, for those last song. Uh, as I approach Christmas, and this happens each year at this time, there are lots of things that strike me and begin to help me, challenge me, uh, get me in the Christmas spirit. As you know, I like manger scenes. I talked about that in the message tonight, and I love Christmas lights, but most of all, it's the songs that touch my heart, and I so appreciate the beautiful songs that you have shared, will share tonight, so thank you for that. We continue then as we confess our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We'll continue then with our prayers of intercession. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. season of watching and waiting, let us pray for all people and places that yearn for God's presence. Nurturing God, you give us life and care for our every need. Use the church's gifts and ministries for your service, bringing your word to all who seek your transforming grace. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Creator God, you proclaim your boundless love for all that you have made. Renew barren lands, polluted waters, and melting ice caps. Make us servants of your creation that brings forth abundant life. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Righteous God, you bring down the mighty and lift up the lowly. Strengthen those who seek justice. Bless the work of community organizers, activists, journalists, and all who call our attention to imbalances of power. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Compassionate God, you proclaim your love and mercy. Show your loving kindness to teen parents and those who are pregnant. Comfort any struggling with infertility, 
and those who await test results are in treatment and hospice care and others in need. And today we remember the family of Tammy Zamuda, member Kelsey Zamuda, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Christina Burgett, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Elmer, Randy Goglin, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Scott Morgan, Tim Elmer, Viola Hagerud, Janet Knutson, Martin Tanberg, Ellsworth Johnson, people living through storms, and all those sick with COVID, bless caretakers with strength and compassion. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Gracious God, you fill the hungry with good things. Bless the feeding ministries of this parish and community. Guide us to share your bounty with those who hunger or live in poverty. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Faithful God, you stir up the hearts of those who love you. We give you thanks for those who, like Mary, were courageous in their witness. Give us such courage until that day when you fulfill all things. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. God of new life, you come among us in the places we least expect. Receive these prayers and those of our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen. We continue then with the sharing of the peace. Now may the peace of Christ be with you always. I'll invite you to bless yourself or bless someone who you may be worshiping with using the Trinity formula, which is be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors in need. I'll invite Jim and Debbie to come again and do an offering song for us. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as To rid my soul of wonder. 
Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight, riches, healing of the mind, yea, Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Continue then with our offering prayer. Let us pray. Generous God, you have created all that is, and you provide for us in every season. Bless all that we offer, that through these gifts the world will receive your blessing. In the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, we pray. Amen. We continue then with the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray that, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'll invite Debbie and Jim to come again and finish out our service with some songs. Please. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above the deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary and gathered all above. While mortals sleep, the angels keep 
together proclaim thy holy birth and praises sing to God the King and peace to all on earth how silently how silently the wondrous gift is given so God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Savior is born.
listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care of you. God will take care of you.